This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can catch it and more wherever you get podcasts and music and follow us on all the social medias at 323READ, 323READ. And you can support the show and help us continue to grow by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 323READ. You can get early and exclusive releases there, merch and more for as little as $2. $2. That is patreon.com slash 323READ. R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy. Thank you, as always, for joining the show. Thank you for listening, subscribing, doing all that you do. It's good to be back. Finally, we're doing a show that, well, we're able to do a show that's not all either NFL or Oscars talk. We can finally get into the madness that is the NBA this year. And you know how we do it here. There's only one way to do that, and that is by bringing back the homie director, sports director at WVCW Radio. Did I get it right? I always get the... The, the slight dyslexia will knock out the words sometimes. We'll knock out the letters. Sam yeah, it, I, it's brutal, but WBCW is right, yeah. There we go. There we go. I can give myself a <laughs> Sam Wolf, welcome back, bro. Good to see you. Yeah, it's great being back. Also, just jumping in down here, popping up from the West Coast, is our guy. You know him from Mi Gente's show. Fireside Chats with Big Chief Burrito. 2AMProductions.com is where you can find him. Luis Martinez is here as well. What's up, Ree? What's up, the 323? Let's jump into all of this first. Sam, we got you back from... You were out in Georgia for March Madness, right? Uh, I was out in Albany, New York. Albany, New York. uh, For March Madness, which is uh, horrible. By the way, <laughs> what what's horrible, <laughs> Albany or March Madness? Oh, March Madness, best time of year. Absolutely, it was a crazy being there. But um, Albany is the worst town I've ever been to. If you have any listeners from Albany, I'm dearly sorry. But it was St. Patrick's Day when we were there, and uh, everything was closed. Like Friday, seven o'clock, we were trying to get some food. Everything was closed, but. Other than that, March Madness, best time of year. What is with that this year and basketball? Basketball in these major towns for major events between that, the All-Star game being out in Utah and everybody complaining about that shit, and now this in (laughs) Albany, New York. I've never heard anything about Albany, so I can't really be surprised that it's shitty. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just like we're sitting there, and we were up in Brooklyn for uh, the Atlantic 10 tournament. Um, covering it out there, and I'm saying, I'm like, come on, please let us draw like Orlando, Sacramento, like give us a tough matchup, but I'll take a weekend in California, you know. And we, I, I get a text from my mom because I got like no cell service in the on the in the subway. I'm like Albany, damn. And it was, ex- I thought I was hoping to be pleasantly surprised, but I wasn't, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. But. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're back in Virginia. Get out of, you know, get, yeah, get the hell out back. of Albany. Uh, so yeah. you're there for March Madness. VCU, we made the tournament, but, you know, it, it is how it, it is what it is. Goes how it goes. We're almost here at the end of the tournament now going into the Final Four. What have your thoughts been towards March Madness, towards the experience for yourself, towards VCU's season this year? Yeah, just to start with VCU's season, um, just a a a really talented group and a really special group that hadn't really played much together uh, from the beginning of the season. And they started out badly to say the least five and four and a tough loss to Jacksonville. Um, And they just rebounded. They got super hot. And if coach Rhodes stays, because there's talks that he's going to Penn state. um, This is a really, really special group that has a, a bright future. Um, to build a, a serious program, potentially moving up conferences. Um, it could be, it was a really good season and a lot to build off. Uh, and I don't think this, I don't think the team is done yet making appearances in March. I think 
next year, depending on how they do recruiting wise, they'll they'll make some they'll make some noise in the national tournament this year. I think each year it's been a, a step up. But the tournament in general, oh my God. Um I I I I'm at a loss for words, really. Like right now our our uh our final four is looking at two mid-major teams in San Diego State and um Florida Atlantic. San Diego State, great basketball team. This is a long time coming. But Florida Atlantic came out of nowhere this year. I think they were about 500 last year and have just been killing it all their way through. And we don't have one seed left in this tournament. None of the top dogs came through at all. I mean, a lot of people thought Alabama, but there was something fishy there from the jump with Brandon Miller not scoring a single point in his uh, in the first game of the tournament. And uh, he, I mean, from the jump, he had to be gone. He had, he had to have an armed guard on the way to his first matchup due to like death threats. So Bama was going to be a little bit fishy from the jump. Houston always felt a little bit weird to me. They always feel like kind of uh paper giants, if you will. They always come in with a lot of expectation and, and kind of fold Kansas. I thought was a surefire for the national championship and a, a second round loss to Arkansas is wild. So there's not there's there's too much to talk about. It, it just it, it was a super wild tournament that you can't really make sense of. You know, you're usually like, oh, there's so many upsets, but we'll we'll have like a one seed in the national championship. But this year, we'll see a mid major in the national championship. And uh, honestly, I don't have a thought on who's going to get it. My best guess is UConn, but my best guess going into the tournament was Duke, and they lost in the second round. So. I was really riding the Kansas State train for a minute. I was riding. The ah, Kansas they were State train. fun. That was That's a, a fun, fun basketball team. The uh, the city San Diego's buzzing about the Aztecs today. I got to tell you that man. Every every yeah. they've been they've been it's a, it's been a good team for a while, but just never could get over the hump. So the fact that and, you know, and the fact that they got they got there this year and. Um, and, and busted everybody's brackets along the way. It's been a fun ride for them. <laughs> yeah, and one of the best years, they were projected to be a one seed, I think 2020, and COVID shut them out. That was a really good basketball team that kind of got a, got their year bit in the ass. Yeah. So it's good to see them win. I honestly wanted uh, Creighton to win. I don't know why, but I liked Creighton as a basketball team. But, I mean, San Diego State has a real shot at, at winning it all this year. Is this the year where, like uh... – the the ladies tournament is more because you got chicks punching each other out and handshake lines. You got <laughs> brawls. You got you got people shushing the crowd. Like, is this like the year that that that, that the ladies pull ahead in terms of the excitement? I don't know because this is a tough year to beat the the men's tournament because I mean there's no team to hate this year or no team to hate so far going to the final four. Maybe maybe if you want to hate like a like a, a blue blood ish school in in UConn, a, a team with a lot of history, but I mean Miami and Texas, both teams with no national championships, are really much close to a national championship. I think all it's just like we're we're gonna see four underdogs battling out for the national title, and I don't think it gets more exciting than that. Yeah, say with the women's tournament, I was doing so good on my damn bracket. I was ranked, I was actually somewhere I think like forty. It was like forty two hundred, which like sounds rough, but that's pretty good compared to where it went hours later. And then I checked it again; it was thirty five thousand on my ranking because my entire final four just went to shit all in the process of a few hours. And now it's happened every bracket. I have four brackets and then one uh one pool and a family pool here. All four brackets, shit, everything. <laughs> I, I went on on Houston. I went in on Alabama. I went in on uh, 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 Kentucky because I have to, but <laughs> also went in on Kansas. Like you said, this has just been a year of insanity for this turn. It's madness. It's true March madness. Yeah. This is what we're here for. This is why we love it. I got yeah, one bracket. Go ahead. Sorry, man. Oh, no. I think this year, like, there's a lot of complaining about the transfer portal and the, and the off season. And I think now we're seeing like a a a, qual- a utopia of equality almost in college basketball with crazy upsets like Princeton winning, getting to the Sweet Sixteen, um, FDU almost pulling almost pulling into the Sweet Sixteen. Kind of gave 
Florida Atlantic a fight. So with with all the player movement, I think it just created just like immensely better basketball and a, a, a fair game across the entire plane. I got one bracket left in um, in a in a in a pool I'm in with like 400 people, uh, and I have San Diego State and uh, Miami, but oh, uh, but I, but I'm but I'm like 90th because the the <laughs> rest of because I torched the rest of it still. And I got Miami winning, so I still got I still got a, I got shot, but there's people ahead of me also. So I think everybody's pretty much torched week <laughs> one. Yeah, my national championship was I only filled out one bracket this year, and my national champion championship was Duke Kansas. So in my first round was solid, and then day two of the tournament or into the second round of the tournament, just cooked to say the least. That's how it's yeah. That's how it was going for me. My Western picks were just it was green, just green check after green check after green check. I was looking good. Then I look over the East, nothing but red. I was like, okay, so this is gonna go one of two ways. I was like, I might, <laughs> I might be able to pull something out, and then just collapse, collapse yeah. right here in the Elite Eight and Sweet Sixteen. So I don't know. It's fun. You brought up NIL, and that's something that we've talked a lot about on this show is the NIL and its impact on college sports and. One of the biggest schools that's been taking a hit from it, I think one of the first to take a hit from it is Miami. And now they've been catching shit from feds, from NCAA about their recruiting process. And I mean, they're not really doing anything much different than other schools are, especially, I mean, Syracuse was out here calling them, you know, flat out criminals. And then Beheim's <laughs> out so because he can't keep up. Miami's And where does Miami end up? Both men's and women's teams right here uh, yeah. on the verge of both making the Final Four. That is huge, huge for them. So, yeah, man, this is fun. I like March. It is fun. <laughs> like, oh, man. Now, moving out of college onto the reason that we will typically gather and that's the NBA. We have not been able to talk too much NBA this year. We did our we did our uh way too early predictions last year at the end of the season and then, you know, got together here at the start. But now the NBA season is well, damn near done for the regular season. We'll be heading into the playoffs soon. I want to look back at the predictions, some of the predictions that we made. And then, yeah, and then talk about what actually has been happening. So I'll shit on myself here first. I'll go on this first. My way too early championship pick was I was kind of caught up and tied between either Memphis winning it all or the Miami Heat. Now, neither (laughs) it's not it's not really going to plan right now. It's still a wild season. We don't know what could happen, but. Damn it, Pat Riley. Because I all in on all in on Mike Lowry. All <laughs> they are all in on him. And in fairness to me, my key, my key was that they needed to make one of the big acquisitions. You know, the either Katie, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, and Pat my, Pat Riley couldn't do one of the damn things. Apparently fell asleep, yeah. allegedly fell asleep during one of the trade uh acquis- trade possibilities. So I don't know. Meanwhile, like you said, they're over there with, you know, Dirty Lowry. And I mean, they're getting something out of Bam. I think Bam out of bios finally. Yeah. You're telling me that the Nets didn't want the Duncan Robinson (laughs) poo poo platter for KG? Why can't I don't see why they can't trade Tyler Hero? Like, Tyler Hero was the key for almost every acquisition, and they couldn't do it. And now you see what Donovan Mitchell's doing in Cleveland. It's been incredible. Uh, it's been wild. Please so, don't talk to me about Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> oh, we'll get to you on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I have to get you on Donovan Mitchell because the kid Miro got to us on Donovan Mitchell. But we'll get to that soon enough. Um, Sam, you said that Charlotte was one to watch, which uh, – Yeah, I was really wrong. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, you can watch them if you want. But, <laughs> uh, but you also – you were the one that went big on Cleveland. You said Cleveland is one to watch, and that was even before the spider trade. So, hands, hands, hands up! Fanfare there. You also completely killed Memphis, and I think that you've been secretly a bad influence on Jaw. 
I don't know. I think just to make sure your prediction went through, I think you've been the one influencing Ja to go to these strip clubs, pull out the guy. It's yeah. okay. It's okay, Ja. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. You're good. No, here's my here's my gun. Here, have my have my gun and and fifty thousand dollars for for the club tonight. It have a blast, man. Going on all that, what have you guys' thoughts on Ja Morant in that situation in Memphis been? I, I, it's it's weird because you know, like Gilbert Arenas got like cooked for having a gun on him, right? So, do you keep the do you keep the David Stern energy and give him that massive suspension? I I think it's in a in the slightest bit blown out of proportion. Like, granted, he's a professional athlete, probably shouldn't have a gun in the club, but um. I think the the whole apology interview he did was weird and like forced. With Jalen, I, I oh yeah, with I just I, I thought it was really weird. Yeah, but um, over I, I just I think it's like he's like a young dude and like he's just trying to figure it out and doing dumb shit in the process, and um. People are kind of harping on him, but granted, he's John Range. He should do better. That's my that's my like extended thought. Listen, what people a lot of people don't know about Ja is that his real name is Clarence. Clarence parents have a real good marriage, and he went to a private school as well. A lot of people don't know that, uh, but um, no, I think he. I, from what I know, I think I think Ja is uh, like he used to be affiliated or he was he was back in the day and then he went to private school and then um so i think maybe he still has some roots in the hood but but man once you get that bag you got to stop being about that life like i think he's trying to it's almost like every every athlete wants to be a singer and every singer wants to be a comedian and every actor wants to be uh, you know every basketball player i guess wants to really be a rapper so so i think he's like he's like yeah i can I can keep it real. I can keep it. I can, I can rep the streets. I don't know what he's trying to do, but, but really, man, once you got, once you got a hundred milli plus in the bank, like you got to stop being about that life in, and, you know, pulling out and having your entourage with freaking pointing laser beams at the pacer bus and pulling out straps on 17 year olds for fucking pickup games. Like, like he would, those were just, he was red flagging all over the place um yeah. at the same time like and also man, i don't know man like his and his dad was like along for the ride like yeah let's 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 make it rain 50k on these hoes at the at the freaking at in the private room like you're john morant like you could just be like hey let's i don't know if you need to spend 50k just to get some chick on your lap to like bounce her ass on there like i, I don't know man don't they know about Backpage? what the hell's wrong with them um so so yeah <laughs> So th- those are my, those are my thoughts. <laughs> James Harden said that's amateur hours. 50K, yeah, yeah, yeah. 50, 50. James oh, Harden got his jersey. That's for fifty k. You can have a stripper pole installed on the team plane and just bust the hose from city to city, and just like what? What are you gonna do? Oh man, yep. Memphis has just been it's it's been a story this year. I thought, and I really still don't know what's gonna happen with them. Now that Jaws coming back, if he can keep straight, I don't know what it is. I mean, Chris Carter, the NFL Hall of Famer, he gave the best advice years before and told every athlete, if you're going to do stupid shit, you got to have a fall guy. And that's the one thing maybe Jaw needs is just get a fall guy. Somebody in the entourage to take all of this shit that won't be. Not just make it Dylan Brooks. Just make it yeah. Dylan Brooks so we have to stop hearing from him. Just like bring Dylan Brooks alongside the bench or whatever with I'm 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 so Bro. glad that you brought up Dylan Brooks because Dylan Brooks and this beef with Draymond Green is the exact kind of story that this show thrives on covering. So, for those that don't know, Dylan Brooks is the premier loudmouth for a Memphis team that's been trying very hard all year to be like league villains. They haven't won anything yet, but they're trying to be the villains of the league. Hopefully get a championship in the process. It put it put John Moran into a health clinic. Whatever. Brooks and the Grizzlies have been particularly going after the reigning champ, Golden State Warriors. And why wouldn't you? 
it's like you're going after the biggest dude in a prison yard. Uh, and Brooks is particularly going after Draymond Green, who's Hall of Fame loudmouth, and calling his podcast cute and saying in an interview, quote, I don't like Draymond at all. I just don't like Golden State. I don't like anything to do with them. Draymond talks a lot, gets away with a lot too. His game is cool with Golden State, but if you put him anywhere else, you're not going to know who Draymond is. He plays with heart, plays hard, knows the ins and outs of their defense. I guess that's why they like him over there. Now, we could all respond to that, but I think that the world should hear Draymond Green responding to that courtesy of his podcast. This idiot said, I don't know what Draymond does out there. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. I don't like anything to do with them. Quite frankly, you you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. Should be happy that you even witnessed that. Maybe college, but you get the point. You're a fan. Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now. So if you have four rings, sure, you talk a lot more. For All-Stars, you probably talk a bit more. Defensive player of the year, you for damn sure would talk more. Two Olympic gold medals, you definitely would be talking because that would mean you, you beat Team USA. And we all know how that goes. So. Gets away with a lot, too. What exactly do I get away with? I have 15 texts, one less than your dumb ass. Okay, great. His game is cool. If you ever wondered why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? The dynasty starts after you, not with you. He plays with heart, knows the ins and outs of the defense. I want to be quite frank, I made the ins and outs of our defense. I guess that's why they like him over there. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why they like you in Memphis. Or do they like you in Memphis? That's a better question. I'm not sure your teammates like you, but I can tell you why they like me over there. When you contribute in the way that I contribute, I have contributed to four championships, they tend to like you. So next time you speak up on me, you should do some fact checking. Next time you speak up on me, you should do some soul searching. Next time you speak up on me, I hope you're in a better situation than you in now where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. Ah, you're not a champ. You're a clown. It ain't happening for you. That is Draymond Green of the imaginatively Damn. titled Draymond Green podcast or the Draymond Green show. I'm so tired of these sports shows with just those names like that. Come on, Draymond. You can do better. <laughs> I love the ending of that. That part right there. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. Ah, you're not a champ. You're a clown. That's my favorite part. I love that. Ah. Ah, I'll keep that forever. <laughs> ah. Ah. Hey, let me, let me ask you, uh, let me ask a question here. If you replace um, Dennis Rodman with uh, Draymond Green on the Bulls, they still win? No. No. I no. say. You don't think they're similar in skill set? I mean, Rodman was a 10-time better I, I, rebounder, but in terms of like... It depends on the day, honestly, with Draymond for me. Like, because I don't see the consistency with Draymond as much. Especially, I mean, maybe it's... I, I don't know how he's doing this year. I know the last few years, it's just been almost like every other game you're going to watch, he's putting up nothing. He'll be putting up nothing anywhere around, and then, you know, right when they're about to bench him, boom, 30 point, 30 point, 30, 40 point game, whatever. So if, I don't if, know if the consistency is there compared to Rodman. If your team is up by two points and one of these two players is going to uh, shoot a three pointer against your team, uh, who would you rather shoot at? Draymond or uh, West, uh, Westbrook? Draymond. Trailer? Draymond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 
well i i guess like i i guess i'm saying that out of like how gross i think russell westbrook's misses are nobody misses as spectacularly as russell westbrook like he like when he misses a shot it looks like when i miss a shot in, in a game of pickup you know like it just bounces high off the back iron out of bounds you know like it's chuck it yeah like draymond green like sometimes he hits some some clean shots and russ just takes bad shots like it, I, I that's why i can't i can't if i if i know draymond's taking a shot i know he's wide open russ he could be pulling up from anywhere off a, mm. off a off a dribble pull up anything like that and he's gonna miss it's like Philip Seymour Hoffman and along came Polly. One of those kind of Kobe uh, shots. <laughs> that is a good. Okay. I, let me ask you, Sam, who the fuck is Dylan Brooks? Because <laughs> I swear to God, I haven't heard his name before this year. I don't I pay attention decently to the NBA and maybe, you know, I've been a Memphis fan. I know that he's, you know, he's a solid contributor, everything. But where where is this coming from? Like, where is this mouth coming from here? It's it's weird. I, I I like I knew kind of vaguely of him like last year when the when the Grizzlies were in the playoffs, and you could tell he's a he's a nuisance when he plays. Like I think the the beef with uh, Draymond and Dylan Brooks is interesting because they're both similar like glue guy kind of players. I, I think this the the weird confidence and the call outs come from, you know, just a year of winning. And then I mean, granted with all the the, the weird shit happening in Memphis right now, they're playing good basketball. So I mean they're second, they've clinched their division, they're second in the West. So I think it I think it just comes out of, you know, they're winning, they're playing decent basketball and they're led by a, a really a star player in John Morant who's pretty outlandish so i think that that energy just kind of comes with the territory and the whole team gets loud and obnoxious and someone who's a little bit prone to it dylan brooks goes out and says some shit Mm -hmm. he's that guy you gotta have somebody like that with every every team that's that's like the irrational confidence guy right yeah i couldn't pick him out of a lineup See, Luis, Luis, you know him. Scott Elia is our – he's our Dylan Brooks. That's who we throw out there. That's who takes the shit for us. Everything <laughs> will jump out there and say anything. Or my mom. My mom will do that too. Listen, man, I grew up rooting for Charles Oakley and uh, Anthony Mason. So as far as, like, a guy that's going to fucking start shit and, you know, be that nuisance, I'm all for it, you know. But, but you can't – you 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 you're talking a lot of trash for not for like one decent playoff run into the second round. It's not yeah. like it's not like you've been to the last three conference championships and you're next. Like you got some you got some two K stats, and you got like uh like probably the most athletic, uh, explosive point guard since AI. So um, he might be he's probably more athletic than AI was in his prime at at, at this point. Um, so. But the rest of the team, it, it, it's like a, a couple of guys where you like they mention them in trades, and you're like, "What? Who? They're gonna try to package this or this and that?" I mean, I know Aquaman uh, and him, but other than that, I think the call out Dylan Brooks call out like sucked too. Like he didn't say anything new. He didn't come up with a new insult. People have been saying the same thing about Draymond since he was like he got on the floor. Oh, what does Draymond do? Bro, you're in the NBA. Like, granted, he knows the defense. Yeah, that's the most baseline compliment. You're in the NBA. Like, you should know what Draymond does. He has a a, a role on that team. It just sounds like you're on Twitter too much. Like, that's all you see on Twitter is like, oh, if Draymond was somewhere else, he'd be bad. Yeah, if Tom Brady played for the Raiders, he probably would have sucked. Like, you're around good coaching. You're around a good role. You're, like, on a good team. It's going to work. Like, it's just it's a dumb call out. It's like shows you you're on Twitter too much, pretty much. His trash talk is one of the most disappointing things from the season. Because why? I mean, why? If you're gonna shit talk Draymond Green, you got to come at him with actual skill, like you said. He's one of the best to do it. It's like Floyd Mayweather going against Fifty Cent. It just didn't work. <laughs> now, let's turn to the full season 
And when I, I want to ask you both what your biggest takeaways from this season have been so far. Like, who are the who are the top contenders that you've seen? Who could be a major surprise going forward? Who could be a major disappointment? And who has been our biggest surprises and disappointments? Just your overall thoughts on this season. Uh, Luis, we'll start with you. Um, I think it's, I think, um, I think everybody loves redemption arcs. So, um, maybe something low key that I've sort of been interested in is Porzingis kind of resurgence this year. Like he's, he's putting up numbers for y'all. Like, like, you know, like as, as, as somebody who, you know, he was a unicorn and then he kind of took a shit in New York and left, um, compare him with somebody, you know, like, um, what's this guy with, um, Sugar Puff here in, in Brooklyn, <laughs> uh, S- Simmons, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, whose career sort of were going in the opposite direction, right? They were going in the opposite direction. Simmons was like, and Persingas was like, there, and then he went to Dallas, and then that didn't work out. So, And then all of a sudden, it's like, two years ago, who would you have rather had, right? Probably Simmons, you know, uh, after, right when he got his contract and Persingas was on his way down. Now it's like, no, uh, no question. Um, so that's a big one for me. Obviously, I know we're going to do Knicks stuff later, so I'll, I won't do any Knicks takes. I'll, I'll save those for when you do the other thing. Um, but uh, that and, and, like, the teams that were trying to tank but, like, kept winning. Because, like, you know Utah was, was – was, you know Utah was, like, tank. Because <laughs> let's go all in on Wambalaya, whatever his name is. Because um, that's that's going to be the next – that's going to be the game changer. And they kept winning. So, um it's interesting that 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 there's a that uh, that my 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 biggest takeaway for this season is is just like it's just the the villain arcs and the hero arcs of certain players and you know like Julius Randle in New York and Porzingis sort of all of a sudden becoming an asset again and 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 then Bradley Beal not even being able to win with that squad like that's kind of I don't want to steal your take but those are the ones right off the top of my head. No, no, that would that would be that's that's a good one right there. I like you said. I like that you said the uh, you know how these teams trying to take for uh, Webin Webinyama, Webinyama. I think I'm finally getting yeah. it. I think I'm finally getting it. Webinyama. I got Antetokounmpo really fast. Victor, I'll be able to get at some point. But all these teams tanking for him. Some have said this is Greg Popovich's finest coaching performance there in San Antonio, <laughs> going out of their way to lose games to get to that pick. <laughs> But um, no, I agree with all that. Yeah, we'll get to the Knicks stuff for sure. Um, I, I'll throw this out here for me in terms of huge disappointment. And it goes back to your boy, Perzingis here. Uh, but it's the Dallas Mavericks, his former team. The Mavs, to me, has been like, what the fuck? Where they're possibly about to miss the play-in tournament. They made that huge trade for Kyrie Irving that I think everybody – probably could see had a strong like a 90 percent chance of being a train wreck and it so somewhat has been um but you've you see the lineup of decisions that have been made since the Mavs drafted Luka they they wound up trading for Porzingis and they signed Jason Kidd as head coach Kidd has not been working out as head coach they ended up trading Porzingis he's ended up rebounding in Washington trade for wood they don't use him they signed javel for three years then not sign brunson they let jalen brunson go away and to have success you know we'll get to him and then you trade for Kyrie. now the season's going to shit referees are coming after them apparently if you listen to jason kidd that the referees are just completely after after him doing that money sign for luke out there so that's been my big disappointment just because you brought up porzingis um, in terms of uh, surprises, Shea Gillis Alexander and the Oklahoma City Thunder have been really fun. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to buy into the hype early in the season, but I started watching those highlights of him, of Shea, and dude is good. Dude has been good. It's been fun to see how that's going about. And then, of course, Brooklyn. I'm not, I'm not going to go too deep on Brooklyn, but I did see the stat today from at Legion Hoops on Twitter fun follow there but it became official today on sunday that mikhail bridges spencer didwitty and cam johnson 
have all played more minutes together on the Brooklyn Nets than Kyrie, Katie, and James Harden did. So oh that trade worked out. All of that worked out. Um, season takeaways for you, Sam. How's it been? And what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to see the beam team in the playoffs. I don't know how we've had this NBA conversation and have not mentioned the Sacramento Kings and the the place of worship, the beam. That's Are true. you kidding me, man? Like, you guys all covered a lot of good bases, but this Sacramento team is just fun. And I think it's fun because their environment was so god-awful for so many years, and they just so middling and so uneventful. And now they have this, like, weird combination of, like, guys who are, like, fringe all-stars plus, like, borderline, like, like solid draft picks as well, which is, like, not a Kings thing, uh, is doing well in the draft. And it's just a fun team. I mean, Demo- uh, Sabonis, uh, Darren Fox, uh, who's the guy they drafted? Uh, Keegan Murray. It's a fun team, and they're they're playing well. And I'm excited to see how it goes in the playoffs. Granted, I don't think it'll go well. Um, I think they're going to see a real contender and then just kind of fall off the face of the earth in the first round. But, I I mean, they're just a fun team. Denver's better than I thought they were going to be. And Cleveland has been amazing, as I I expected with Donovan Mitchell, because Donovan Mitchell was the last piece they needed to be, like, a really good basketball team. but. No, my, my biggest takeaway is uh is is the beam team that I just I think they're so fun. After they fight. got they got roasted for the Halliburton trade too. So yeah, they, they got roasted. Still, like what do you think? I still think it's a bad trade. I still think they could have done better. I think they can do better with Halliburton than De'Aaron Fox. That's I'm a big Tyrese Halliburton guy, but uh it's worked out for him. So we'll see how it goes for for the in the distance, I guess. Um, I want to. First off, I'm glad that you brought up Denver and all that. And shout out to Sacramento. We have to give them their flowers because I, the only reason I never think about Sacramento, even as good as they are, I just don't want to believe that they're real. I can't believe that they're real. That never, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but um, I'm glad that you brought up Denver. And I want to bring up the boy, Jokic. And I want to bring up all the thoughts that have been coming around this season as to his MVP, his two-time reigning MVP in the league. Uh, Kendrick Perkins on ESPN, we've talked plenty about him, uh, brought up the argument that, you know, it's the voters for MVP are racist and that they were going for the white dude or white European dude that Embiid should have won MVP or somebody, anybody else should have won MVP at one of those points. Do you... Do either of you agree with that? Do you think that Jokic could go for this a third time this year or should be somebody else? I, I, I mean, I don't agree with the narrative. I, I, I think he certainly has a deserving case for MVP. I mean, his team's taking a, susta- a substantial jump with guys returning and guys taking leaps around him. Um, but... No, the, the narrative isn't right, but I'd like to see someone else be MVP, but that's not really a valid reason to crown someone the most valuable player is you have to actually be in. There's a solid case for Giannis or Embiid or Jokic. So I really like there's not like a a, 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 a runaway favorite at the moment. And I, I just think Kendrick Perkins is saying shit to say shit. He's right. looking for something to make a headline. I think that's Perk's whole career. That's Perk's yeah. whole career is saying shit just to say. I mean, he's the one that gave me this Bam quote. Bam the hell out of the bayou. The Bam out of the bayou. You gotta love it. Or this, rawr, 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 rawr. You can't yeah, forget fuck. about uh, Moses uh, uh, when he <laughs> fucked up on Moses Moody's name like 50,000 times. Moses Moody. Moosey, Moody, uh, Moses. Moody, <laughs> Moses. Moosey, Moosey. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Look, I part. think the biggest takeaway from the MVP race is that Young players should realize that if you jump, don't jump higher than six inches, it, you're not going to get hurt. So I think that's where that's where he's cheating the system because you know, I think he can jump higher than six inches. I think he probably could jump over a phone book if he really wanted to, but he's like, nah, it's not worth it. The higher I get off the ground, the more we're likely I'm going to sprain an ankle. And he just fucking has that old man at the park game where he's just like, <laughs> just 
juking and jiving and he's like 62 and like a sports suit just comes around does his little hook shots he does his little freaking fadeaways he can shoot that three you know but he don't jump for shit so he can't get hurt <laughs> the old man at the park game that was kevin durant's game as soon as he got into phoenix like holy shit i watched a video of him right before the home opener how do you do that to your leg just in the it's the shoot it's the simple uh it's the simple layup warm-up it's just warm-ups how are you gonna do that he's getting like i don't know let's talk about this championship run and what's going on in the future they're expecting durant back by the playoffs there in uh phoenix after that big trade do you think phoenix actually has a shot to win this or is age going to continue to hit kd i think they have a shot um i i don't think it'll come down to kd playing badly because i mean kd doesn't really play badly all too much um i think it'll come down to the team is not used to playing around kd as well so there might be chemistry issues and in the playoffs you got to be you got to be synchronous and um with without the whole team like having played serious mess together it's going to be a lot tougher to win that championship is it plausible yes with kd devin booker and chris paul absolutely is it going to be a lot more difficult than it would have been if he had played every game up until uh the playoff start yeah so he it's just it's gonna be difficult but not implausible Final thing before we get to this top five that's sort of a top five, but not really a top five. I wanted to ask you guys about Damian Lillard and if anybody else is feeling as bad for him as I am, especially after he did a recent interview on on uh, J.J. Reddick's podcast. Everybody has a podcast. And he was saying this about the current state of the NBA, saying, while I understand we play to win championships, we all want to win the championship. We can't keep acting like nothing matters like the rest of the stuff. The journey doesn't matter. We can't keep doing that. There's so many ways that the league is different. There's so many ways. I think about it all the time. Like, man, I don't know if I can just play a long, long time because I don't enjoy what the NBA as a whole is becoming. Now, dude is trying to play out his whole career there, uh, Portland. He's trying to be a star there. But I I've, I don't want to see him go to L.A. and play with LeBron, but I want to see the dude actually win and be the star that he is because I don't think that many people know shit about him outside of, you know, good playoff runs. They're not going anywhere this year. They're not going to be having any chance at winning a championship this year. Um, what do you think about Dame's outlook on what the NBA is today and what the culture is like? He's like the ultimate throwback, like, number one. And... And, and 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 by that I mean, look, they used to not even have playoffs. It used to just be, you know, baseball, for example, was just, you know, 100 and something games. And at the end, it was like, okay, who, who had the best record at the end of the season? Just like, you know, the Premier League, this whole thing about playoffs and, and, and championship runs and stuff like that is is driven by by money right by tv numbers advertising stuff like that but if you get to the essence of sports sports was having a team from your city going to go root for them and you just wanted to go watch a baseball game watch a basketball game it's about going to a game and watching and and i think there's there's a factor that maybe is lost that having a star play for your team even if your team is a losing team is something that can be that i romanticize about in, in, in a way, because I, I everybody has those players that played for your your team and maybe it was during some down years, but they held it down. You know what I mean? And 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 so I think that if we lose, you know, it's like, hey, the, we, we're getting to the point where the regular season is meaningless in a lot of these sports. And it's all about the playoffs and the championships and the awards. But there is something to be said about being the best player on a team in a city in a middling team where where everybody in that city knows you, where you never have to pay for dinner, we never have to pay for a drink at a bar, you know, and you're just a local star. And it, and I don't think it makes him any less ambitious. I don't think it makes him any less of a star. Would I have wanted in the Knicks to go all in on him a couple of times, you know, a couple of years ago? Absolutely. Would everybody feel that, you know, but he's going to be making 60 mil, right? For the next couple of years. Live in Portland, be weird, make that money, cash those checks. Who the fuck cares? Like, honestly, like, it doesn't diminish him at all for me. I think he still goes down as a superstar. 
you know, maybe he's not he's not Michael. There's he's not Michael Kobe or LeBron, but he's right up there with you know Patrick Barkley. You know, like people that played. You know, fuck it. You didn't win a championship. Who gives a fuck? I mean, that's my opinion. Yeah, I find it. I mean, I, I generally agree with that that sentiment. Like, who really cares what? Like, it ring should not determine your legacy and what you're able to do on the floor. But I f- I find his statement a little like whiny. Like, I feel like he's blaming all the wrong people. He's blaming the culture of the NBA and not the front office that has continually failed to build something of significance around him and his team. Like, obviously, you're not going to go out there and be like, my employer sucks ass. They need to do better. But I think blaming the culture of the NBA is the wrong route to take and being like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm not winning championships because, you know, I'm the only real one left. It's, I mean, it, that might be true, but you're also not winning championships because your best co-star in your entire career was CJ McCollum. And that's on your front office. Yeah. Luis, we've already established that Sam is the devil and has been tempting John Morant all offseason to uh, get him in trouble here. Would you sell Sam your soul right this minute to make Dame a Nick? At this point, no. No, no, I mean, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. What? How have you Nick's been doing this year? What's the What's the thought process there with the New York? The The thought process in New York is look, uh, look, and and Ja was two, and we had the third pick, so could have had Sion or Ja, but we got RJ. We got Canadian make. The Canadian Mamba, the Maple Mamba instead. <laughs> so Brunson has been a godsend. He's been just, he's been the first big free agent as advertised. Um, Julius continues to be an enigma. Um, he went, he had the biggest hero to villain arc. He signs with us with nobody else when when the Brooklyn debacle happens, when um, when we don't get Kyrie or, or, or KD, which turns out to be a, a blessing, he signs with us. He fucking balls out. Everybody, the city loves him. Bing bong, the whole thing. And then the next season, he gets his... And then after he gets his extension, then all of a sudden he starts playing like shit. He starts copping attitudes. He's like... He's dissing assistant coaches. He's having arguments with IQ, who's like the nicest guy on the fucking planet. He's He, he goes... And then the entire Knicks... Twitter fandom is just like fucking get rid of the fucking Julius. And for some reason, Thibodeau fucking loves him. Just fucking Tibbs loves him. Loves him so much. And he doesn't, you know, then uh, Pinson and, and Brunson were on, uh, oh, Pinson and uh, Bullock were on a podcast and they're like, yeah, Tibbs makes everybody play defense except Julius. Um, so, man, he's like, I love his game and I love, but he maybe he just, he thinks he, he rubbed elbows with Kobe's for too long because he, he thinks he's him sometimes. And, and he, and, and I don't know if it's, but he doesn't, I don't think he, he gets called out enough by, by the coach. I don't, I think they just, they, 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 they cater a little bit too much him. And then we have Mitch Robinson, who's a fucking beast. And we win five games in a row. And all of a sudden he's tweeting about not wanting to just go out there for cardio. It is. It's been a weird season. It's and 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 right now it's like they were they were going really good for a while. They beat Boston a couple of times. They can beat anybody on any given night, man. They can win any any series except I think against Milwaukee, um, or Philly probably. Uh, but but they're 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 playing themselves out of uh out of uh they're playing themselves right into the play-in tournament is what they're doing right now because they let Miami beat them and let you know they let them beat them. Um, but they they still got and they get had they had to extend now they have to extend quickly, and um, you know so I, I think that if I'm being super optimistic, Knicks fan, uh, they may I think they I think they 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 don't go I think they get into the five seed and maybe they can they can um, they might be able to beat they might be able to win their first round and then get knocked out I think maybe I think maybe one round one round and a decent second round. Might be their 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 limit. They're obviously not going to win a championship with with this squad with Julius Randle as your number one. As much as as much as he thinks they will, uh, he got fifty seven the other night and they lost in a loss. Um, so yeah, my other next talk is uh, fuck your boy Dan Levitard. 
That's my other next thought. <laughs> Why? You know, he, what did he do? Listen, no, no, he didn't really. It wasn't even that bad. But they were giving him some shit yesterday when he when he was sort of downplaying uh, Willis Reed moment in the seventy championship, and he was like, "Yeah, hey, it's only important because it happened in in New York." And so, fuck that guy. We'll send that clip out. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the super optimistic Knicks fan had the most super depressed tone of voice possible yeah. when talking about the. <laughs> the optimism there. Look, I don't. Listen, want, look, it's a world of pain. We don't want super optimistic Knicks fan here. Okay, this is why we have a top five from another super Knicks fan tweeted into the show. The kid Miro, he's the one of the hosts of the Fast and Loose podcast. It's an F one podcast on all the Ringer, everything. Know him from Jesus and Miro. He's an awesome, funny dude. Tweeted out a top five of sorts to the show regarding the Knicks that we need Luis's thoughts on. So let's get into that top five music for it. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Oh, shit. Here we go again. Now, we can hit these really quick because it's the top five players that Knicks fans thought they were going to get, but then didn't. So, we're going to bring out all the despair from Luis on this as you rank what this top five is. And then it's kind of more of a top three because there was too much pain for him to go through. So, really, at number one, the number one player that Knicks fans thought they were going to get, but then didn't, wound up being... LeBron James, according to the kid Miro. Number two, Kevin Durant. Number three, recency bias, but a lot of pain there, Donovan Mitchell, which I thought that one was close. And then he said, I feel like the rest ain't coming to me because of PTSD, but there's 28 more at least. Luis, any, who, who has hurt you the most? What, what optimism or hope that you almost had really broke you as a Knicks fan. All right. So I, I got, I got my little list, but, but, um, but from the draft, it's uh Zion and Ja. That's like my honorables That's like my, because we get Zion the lottery. Rickers. We suck balls. <laughs> we get, we, we, we're, we're going to get a lottery pick. We're going to get a lottery pick and we get number fucking three and Zion and Ja go one, two. So that's like, that was the that was a motherfucker. I tell you that. Uh, if I'm gonna give you number four, is gonna be KD. Uh, my thoughts on KD was that if anybody who was a fucking baller could understand what it would mean to play in New York, when he put up like 60 at the Rucker, where he hit like six three pointers in the row, and the entire fucking city was just right there, and he was getting mobbed. Like, I don't know how you do that in New York City. You're a baller and you don't pick the right team. You go to New York, but you pick the wrong team. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you don't understand that Brooklyn is not shit. It'll never be a brand in New York. It's a fucking hipster douchebag fandom. It will never, ever, ever be a thing. Stop trying to make the Nets happen. Um, but so when I saw, so, so when I, when I saw that clip at the Rucker, I was like, he's, he's in there. He's absolutely, there's no way you can feel that love from a city and not do it. But I was wrong. <clears throat> and then, um, number three would be LeBron. Ah. <laughs> and then, and then, and, and right before KD, I had the same fucking thought. How does LeBron not understand that one championship in New York is worth six in Miami. How does he not get that one championship? I don't know how any NBA player does not understand that one chip in New York is worth three anywhere else. Um, he had the fucking uh, event in Connecticut, <laughs> and then <laughs> while while I'm at work, I while I'm at work that day, somebody comes and he tells me he's like, you know, I just heard that they rented uh, a fucking uh, place in, in Florida for a fucking after party. And I was like, fuck. Um, 
And then he fucking gets on TV in Connecticut and says, I'm taking my fucking talents to South Beach. Yeah, so that one hurt. Uh, Number two would be, uh, this is kind of an old school one, Kenny Anderson. Point guard. Uh, So the Knicks in the 90s ended up signing Chris Childs, who was a net and who fucking balled up on them against them in the playoffs and during the whole season. Chris Childs, tough-nosed little point guard. Um... He went toe to toe with Kobe, I think, or he tried to fight. Kobe. He tried to fight a bunch of people. I know that much. Uh, but that summer, they signed Allen Houston, which is one of my favorite Knicks of all time. Swedish jump shot. I shot. I, I saw him in a gym at practice, shoot for like forty minutes, and that makes us three. Um, and they could have signed uh, Kenny Anderson, local product, left Frack City, uh, one of the original point guards of NYC. Um, had an up and down career, but I really thought they needed like a real natural city point guard at that time, and they ended up signing Chris Childs. Um, so that was kind of a disappointment. And the number one, what if Nick for me is the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Ah, a lot of people don't realize that when the Bulls were having the meeting on the first year of Michael's contract, and by at that point. I don't know, top contract in the league was like maybe 8 to 12 million. It was probably less than that, right? But Michael's a free agent for his first time in his life. And he's coming to he's coming to meet he's coming to New York to meet with Chicago for to get their contract offer. And if they don't match him, the Knicks were literally in a in a in a conference room downstairs waiting for the meeting with the Bulls to be over. So he says 30 million a year. At that time, that was like, that's like LeBron walking in and saying, I want 100 million a year today. He's like, 30 million a year. And uh, and he said if they had flinched or if they had said no, he was going to walk downstairs and sign with the Knicks. And the Knicks would have, and the Knicks would have had Jordan for like two, three years with that defense, with that core. Um, so yeah, those are, those are, those are, but like, but like the kid said, there's so many, it's, there's just so many disappointments. Anything from like, 90 to today i can i can probably wax uh, unpoetically about the the pain but yeah mj mj would have mj uh, it would have been pre bullet mj you know it would have been like last three chip mj so i would have loved to seen that on broadway more than kd more than mj look man all the hopes and dreams of knicks fans all summed up by steve ballmer toilets it's just it's remarkable man i didn't know that about michael jordan I didn't just imagine how big that would have been of MJ in New York as a Nick. That would have been huge. Sam, I don't know if there's anybody that's caused you particular pain. Anybody that's gotten your hopes up to, you know, play for your team. For me, it's Kevin Durant who continues to have a special place in hell of my fandom for continuing to stifle the Wizards in DC. And he won't probably come here until he's like 41 on like one leg. And then he'll, you know, come out as like a Messiah. That's mine is Kevin Durant. Is there anybody that's hurt you throughout this you know, free agency or whatever shit? Oh God. I I don't know. Cause like, I've never really had like an NBA team, even though I'm like from like the DC ish area. Um, Honestly, I want to see the wizards be good. Just be happy for DC. So like, I want the process to be expedited. So Bradley Beal, stop signing with the Wizards. That's what hurts my soul. Stop, stop taking their money. You're just going to play bad basketball. Bad basketball hurts my soul. And the Wizards basketball has been bad since I've been like 14. Probably before that as well. Yeah, there's, there's you know, there's, there's, there's moments here and there. Yeah. <laughs> they just, they'll spike up. God, some of those John Wall years were so fun. Listen, it's like it's like all it's like all Knicks fans say. At least we're not Wizards fans. <laughs> That's I think the entire NBA that should be the NBA's <laughs> motto right now because no could be worse. It's not it's not talked about enough how like annoyingly mediocre the Wizards are. <laughs> like how do you, how do you pay Beal like a superstar when he's like a when he when he you know he's a second option like he's a good second option. But like he's not he's not your he's not your number one guy. He's that's, really not. That's the thing. They're the most aggravating team in the league because they're never good enough to, you know, actually have optimism when it comes to a championship chase. 
but they're never anywhere close enough to being bad to get a great lottery pick. Like yeah. we can never get anything more than like number eleven. And there's not shit there anymore. We end up getting Rui Huchamaru, who we send will send to LA and then people in LA love him. It's fucking wow. it's madness. It's madness. All you, go got, back you got Denny of Biha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got <laughs> Yeah, you got a bunch of LA Lakers second round picks. <laughs> got the, all those picks. Kuzma is I think oh, fuck it. Who <laughs> you got Kuz Porzingis? If you could trade Bradley Beal to LA for no, not you could trade Bradley Beal for like a, an actual star. And they all nah, like, trade it for picks. That's that's the that's the meta now is like just trade a star for like eight first round picks and just go off with the Thunder out. Just get a bunch of first round picks for all your assets. Okay, I blame uh, uh, Danny Ainge for fucking fleecing Minnesota and then the price of Mitchell going up. Look, Donovan didn't didn't make my list because it's I think it's because of the fact that it's a reason. So I feel it, but I don't understand fully how bad it is that he either number one didn't want to give up on RJ fucking Barrett, who's who's like a fucking homeless man, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, but 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 man, are we holding up a trade because of fucking RJ Barrett? Package him to fucking Toronto and make him happy and make him a star in his own land, man. Uh, I don't how many picks. For Donovan fucking Mitchell, I would have given seven. I, what the? Who cares? Get Donovan Mitchell and do what you have to do. I don't know. And maybe Danny Ainge was never going to trade him to the Knicks. Maybe he was just like an fu mode, or he was just fucking high and he was just like whatever. But it's like these teams that hold up to these prospects for so long. It's like get the get the fucking proven. He was ready. He's a fucking Mets fan. He could have been at at at, at City Field in the morning and. Taking the seven train to the garden at night. And now he's balling out in Cleveland. And we got a fucking. Anyway. <laughs> That's super optimistic Knicks fan, Luis Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and shout out to the kid Miro for that list. Again, you can check him. You can hear him on the Fast and Loose podcast. We're going to continue to, you know, I'll suck up to this list. We'll get more lists from him and then eventually get him on here. Um, before we yes. get out of here, before we get out of here, and I thank you both, Sam Wolf, of course, on WVCW Radio, sports director there, the really just the face of VCU basketball. That's who we. That's the face and voice. We want him there, and of course, Luis Martinez, Mihente Show, Fireside Chats with Big Chief Burrito, um, Latino Film Festival. Is it over? How did it yeah, go? Yeah, 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 yeah. 11, 11 fucking days. Uh, the parties were great. The showcases that I that I curated were very well received. Uh, got to got to got to meet a ton of act, a uh, ton of people, ton of ton of distributors. A lot of good things happening, and and we promoted the hell out of the Mihente show. Uh, I'm gonna, I have to get an address for you so I can send you guys some stickers or a PO box or whatever so I can send you some swag. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, it's 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 it, it was a fucking blast, and now. It's been a week, so my serotonin levels have readjusted. So I'm ready to get back, get back to it, get after it. Two AM Burrito.com for all your all your needs if you need to come check us out. Fantastic! It's good to have you back. So, real quick, as we get you guys out of here, it is official. Miami, the University of Miami, is advancing to the NCAA Final Four. They took down Texas, so it will be now in the Final Four, number five or number four UConn against number four Miami, and then number nine FAU against number five San Diego State. Incredible, incredible. So, real quick, as we get out of here. Your thoughts on this final four and a prediction. Who's taking it all? Okay. Uh, I think I think it's it, it could be midnight for uh for FAU, but a hell of a run. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be wrong on all of these. That's how it goes. But I say it hits midnight for FAU. Cinderella story's over. Uh SDSU moves on. And I like that Miami team. They are uh, ACC champs um, and ACC teams do well in March, except for this year. But Miami, the the flag bearer, um, and UConn. UConn is just a is is a looks like a championship team. I got to watch their matchup against Iona in person, and they the Iona was battling, but UConn just punches teams in the teeth. 
and they're on a hot run of basketball. So I'd say we got UConn taking Miami, but that's going to be a close one. Um, and UConn wins it all. I think, I think Dan Hurley turns it around at UConn and gets, gets that program, another national championship. Uh, but they're all going to be interesting games. These are a lot of like, these aren't, these aren't pretty basketball teams, really. These are teams that, that punch you in the face and play gritty ass basketball. So it could go either way, any of these matchups, but I got UConn taking it all. There we go. I uh, I, ha- I still have a bracket with Miami, but I think somehow I'm not going to – I can't win. So I'm going to take Miami to get to the finals, and I'm going to go with uh, life's always better when the home team wins for my adopted city of San Diego. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the, the Aztecs there. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with the Aztecs to, to shock the world. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for going with Dan Levitard's Miami as far as you did. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, I've always, I always <laughs> liked Miami cause uh, well, I mean, even though well, I had St. John's St. St. John's, which, you know, growing up and, but I, we didn't have a football team. So I rooted for, for the Hurricanes as my football team since New York hadn't, like when I was going to root for Rutgers. Um, so so I, I always got love for the U. But uh, but San Diego, the Aztecs, hometown, adopted hometown. Let's run with it. Only team that I don't trust out of this Final Four is FAU. It's the true Cinderella story, but I, I agree with you. I think it's up right here. So I'm taking San Diego State to the finals. And UConn-Miami, Go either way. Uh, I'm going UConn there. All, all in all, I'm taking San Diego State to win the whole thing. Boom. A lot of my, you know, I think two or three of my original four brackets, I kept having San Diego State advancing and advancing and advancing, and I just had Alabama taking them out. Or somebody, they're showing true heart and grit in this shit. So I'm, I'm enjoying them. I'm enjoying their run. I think it's going to go all the way and make for a really uh, fun championship. So. There we have it. There we have it. That's coming up. Final four is going to be Saturday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. So, you know, shenanigans are aboard on April Fool's Day. Sam Wolf, Luis Martinez, thank you guys for being here on the show again. Always good to see you guys. Uh, For the 323, I am your host, Reed Murphy. Again, all the social medias at 323REID, patreon.com slash 323REID, and Go to the YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube, the 323 Network. We are going to have some fun content. We're going to have some XFL content coming out over this week. So it's going to be some fun coverage, some fun stuff from Audi Field in D.C. In the meantime, we will talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Mm